Coming to you from the wild, wild western side of San Antonio. It's your favorite podcast, and we're in a happy mood today. Yes. We're in a happy mood this week. Yes, we are. It's a Smoking Guns podcast. My name is Philip Higginbotham. I'm joined, as always, by Leo Yamas. What's up, Gunslingers Posse? R.C. Woods. Hello, beautiful fans of the Gunslingers. One of our favorite guests joining us today, Jordan Steubing of the Gunslingers organization. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Hey, pull that mic closer to you so they can hear you. Or, I'm doing or, real good. There you go. Uh, we are a podcast. We are a podcast that deals with football. We're a podcast that deals with football in Texas, specifically in San Antonio, even more specifically centered around the gunslingers of the National Arena League, the three and five San Antonio gunslingers. But boy, that doesn't tell the story. Not at all. No. At all. My belly's full. I don't know about you guys, but I am so full of delicious snake meat. Oh, oh. man. Mm. Big win. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had snake before? I've had rattlesnake. I've never had cobra, but I've had rattlesnake before. I have had rattlesnake. I've had rattlesnake before. It's kind of greasy. It was good. Yeah. Kind of greasy, though. I've had alligator. And now they know. They know uh, up in, uh, in Carolina that, that we eat snake Everybody down knows. Here in these Not parts. just them. Everybody knows. Gator's good. It's chewy. It's a little rubbery, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it tastes like it, it's, it it's really chicken. I mean, it's really kind of the the basic standard meat. chicken strip kind of meat, mm-hmm. but uh, it is chewy. It is kind of rubbery. Uh, rattlesnake, on the other hand, greasy, really greasy. The one time that tastes like victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Well, if you didn't know what happened this weekend. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how you're checking in. I don't know why you're here. I don't even know how you not know. I don't how you don't know how you not know there because not the San Antonio Gunslingers welcomed in the Carolina Cobras, the seven and two Carolina Cobras coming into the Freeman no more. Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we changed that a little bit. Everybody kind of said oh, the Gunslingers have been playing really well. They've looked really good, but it's Carolina. Um, it's just, in fact, I was listening on my way into inside the walls, Jim and Zach over there, love those guys, but both of them. Oh, I expect San Antonio to give them a lot better game than they gave them uh, up in Greensboro. But I mean, Carolina's coming away with a win here. It just, I told them not to pick them. It's I just did. the way yeah. it's going to be. <laughs> you, maybe you guys are going to start listening to me now. I mean, that's, that's two weeks in a row. I tell them, I mean, it's time. If, if you weren't on the gunslinger train, if you were like, wow, I, Win against Albany was really nice, and then to go on the road to Orlando and and pick up a win—that's that's cool. That that certainly legitimizes more about your season. But I mean, it's not like you're gonna make the playoffs or anything. You went zero and five. Um, you're probably singing a different team this week. For sure, it's a different team. You're you're probably seeing things a little differently, and you're looking back at the rest of the season and going, "Yeah, they were zero and five, but four of those games they were into the last." seconds of those games we lost by one point in one game so i mean yeah well we won one game we won a game this week by one point as well that's true um and i want to talk about the end of that game because um i think it ended exactly the way it should have with the win well i mean obviously i want the win but i i think 
Um, You're I, saying they, they made it they made it that dramatic on purpose? No, I don't. <laughs> As a matter it was of fact, all part of the plan. Um, that, that was not the plan. Before we even get into the game, I got to tell you, uh, I have been vocal. Um, vocal may not be the right word because it's all been on social media, or, or but I have been uh, a proponent for uh, some things to change around the National Arena League. Now, if you remember, and you were with us last year in the American Arena League days, I did the same thing. I griped about the griped about I I uh, no gripe. You That's the way to say it. Uh, <laughs> I griped about the league. Uh, I had issues. I made them uh, known on the show and on social media as much as I could, and nothing really happened. I never had any contact with the American Arena League. They did not reach out to the show or to us or even to Gunslinger ownership at the time and said, "Hey, tell your boys down there to Hush up. calm down." Um, I don't think they were particularly paying attention in the American Arena League to anything that was going on. No. Um, however, I've been kind of vocal in the National Arena League about some things that I didn't like, mm-hmm. some things that I want to see differently. Uh, not having a rule book available has been something that we've talked about on the show before. Big thing. Um, and, and just a couple of things. I got, uh, we recorded last Monday night. Monday evening into no, Tuesday. Tuesday morning. Oh, I'm sorry. You're yeah, right. It was, it was yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, I got a message from Joe Clarkson. Who's Joe Clarkson? He's the director of officiating for the National Arena League. Ooh, big time. The guy in charge. The guy in charge. And he's like, hey, uh, I, I want to talk to you some. Here's my email address. Email me. And so I did. I emailed him and I said, uh, you know, here's the questions I have. Here's the concerns I have. I was asking specific questions about that game in Orlando. Some questions we talked about last week on the show. By the way, I was 100% correct in the way that I interpreted the rules without seeing the rule book. That was, it was all correctly done um, and done correctly. If you want to know what my thoughts were on that, that I was correct on and you don't remember, go back and listen to the other show. We can use the download. That's true. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, but Joe Clarkson said, uh, you know what? That's an awful lot to talk about on email. Here's my phone number. Mm. Give me a call. Ooh, you have a date. And so I had an hour, <laughs> uh, a little longer than an hour call with the director of officiating for the national arena league. And let me tell you, um, I, I I don't I don't want to toot my own horn. I don't want to be like, well. What? Are you sure? Don't I don't. Lie. I'm not that way. Come on. I'm not that yeah, guy. Yeah. I've you never know. been that guy. Your head is getting bigger and bigger as we speak. But as we talked about some things on that phone call, there were things that I saw this week, not only in the San Antonio game, which Joe Clarkson was there. He was coming down to help take yep. care of officiating in that game because he sees deficiencies in the crew that has officiated here, they're new to the NAL. Right. They're, they're, they're not understanding some of the rules as they're written and, and mis, misinterpreting some things. Uh, so he wanted to come down, spend some time with them, and work on that. But in the midst of that, we talked about some other things that we had seen around the league, both of us. And he, I don't want to say he made the decision on the phone. There were things that he was already thinking about. But he and I, as we conversed, came up with, an idea uh, or or discussed an idea and again i'm not going to say he listened to me and made some changes but if you watched the nal football all the way across the league this this week there were more unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on players and coaches that were taking undue time with officials it even happened to the gunslinger yeah true mm-hmm. happened to coach fred at one point yep um or as i like to call him coach red 
Shaw because he had the full color coded yeah, yes. red hat, red shirt, Coach matchy, Red matchy. Shaw um, out there. And uh, it was apparently successful. It looked like uh, Tiger Woods on, on Sunday um, out there. And apparently that's what he needs to wear all the time because it was a big game. In the midst of that, um, I think the officiating this week across the league and certainly in San Antonio, was it perfect? No. 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 Was it a hundred times better than I've seen it any other weekend in the NAL? Absolutely. Yes. It was solid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and a big part of that is because they were willing to tell coaches and players, let us do our job. Yeah. Let us move Plus on. Plus the towels helped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The towels got in their heads. My, Certainly. Yes. My only complaint was um, pass interference, and they, they agreed with that on the broadcast. But just sitting there in the stadium, I'm like, what constitutes a pass interference <laughs> call in this league? Because we saw a lot of a plays lot. where they got really – you know, bumpy, knocking guys off their routes and, and just, like, hitting them early before the ball gets there. And no call. And then we had two calls late in the game, one for each team, I think. So, at least it was fair. Right. But it seemed like I'd, I'd seen worse earlier in the game, and there True. was no flag. Speaking right. of the broadcast, Jay Riley checking in on in, with us, who was on the broadcast um, on Facebook Live. Good to see you, Jay. Um, he had a long conversation. They, the broadcast crew had a long conversation with Joe Clarkson as well. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And so they knew what to expect. So if you watch this particular broadcast, they seem much more in the loop than any other broadcast in the NAL because they had had a nice long conversation with Joe and knew what they were looking for and knew what they were expecting to see. One of the things that Joe told me is that things like uh, pass interference mm -hmm. and things like um, – Holding calls away from the play that don't ultimately affect the play on the field um, and pass interference calls that are a toss up and maybe even close, you know, both players going for the ball, both players making a genuine effort. They're not going to call them. They're going to let them play. Okay. Like that it's about, is, it's about that time. Is, that is something that they have made a commitment to in this league. And if you've watched it and you've noticed, gosh, they sure don't call pass interference yeah, very much. For, for they sure. don't. And they're doing that on purpose. Um, now, they did call it a couple of times down there near the end of the game. Um, I thought both of the calls were certainly warranted. I thought other calls were warranted. True. But if they're yeah. going to let them play, I get it. I understand it. There were just some, like, I mean, some, and Jay says some of that stuff was a felony on yeah. the street. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Some plays that were like, how, how can your receiver, you know, even make an attempt to catch the ball when he's getting bumped into the wall like that? It seemed a little excessive, but I guess if they're doing it both ways, then it's okay. It's kind of okay. I mean, if they're going to let them, know. one of the big problems that I have in the NFL and college football, really football across the board right now, is that pass interference uh, ruins the end of a lot of games. Look, I, I get it. You should have an opportunity as a receiver to make a play on the ball. But I get so tired of watching teams that are behind by seven points work their way down the field on pass interference calls. Mm -hmm. That's annoying. That, yeah. that, that's, a, that's not fun football to watch. Um, so yeah. they create some contact. It's almost basket. It's almost NBA like where they create some contact and then they go, oh, I need a flag. Yeah. And they get it in the NFL. They get it in college football. Um, if they're consistent and they're going to let them play, 
I'm okay with that. If it starts tilting one direction or the other, yeah, then, which is dangerous, mm -hmm. when you're allowing things like that, it can get that way, um, then you have a problem. But so far, I feel like they've been consistent with those calls. Um, it was really a good conversation, and the nice thing about it was, and then not because it was me, I think he would have made that. In fact, I know he's reached out to other media members that cover the NAL uh, this week as well. He asked me for some contact information for some of those guys. And obviously he reached out to the broadcast team there in San Antonio. So um, I like that the league is listening and paying attention and attempting to fix things on the flight. Look, it would be so easy for any league to say, gee, that's a problem. We can't fix that week to week. We don't have enough turnaround time to make a difference. Mm -hmm. We'll address it in the offseason. Yeah. Like that would be a normal thing for leagues to do. For the NAL to say, no, no, no. We, we're we're, we're going to try to lock this down in season. I like it. I think they almost had to, though, because it became yeah, it such was, a big issue. It was a big enough problem. Yeah. But. I mean, one that they I mean, wrote the letter last week. You know what I mean? So right. They, yeah. they had to address it. They did. It. They put out that... Uh, that little memo last week. Mm -hmm. The tap dance. I That's, call it the tap dance. The tap dance. <laughs> it sounds uh, like Philip has a new best friend. I Well, and, and you know what? I texted him uh, yesterday after the Ooh. game and said, hey, there's one moment in the, in the game I have a question about, and I let him know what my question was, and, he, and I said, is that right or wrong? And he goes, no, you're wrong. Um, so, I mean, I get stuff wrong, too. I just like the officials. <laughs> no. um, what do you got to do to get in with that group? We can have you just be out there. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. Uh, I don't want to be an official. I think Terry, was it Falgate? Yeah, the head official for yeah. the San Antonio crew. I bet he'd love to have you out there just so he I could bet he point would. in your face yeah. and say, now you know. I bet he would. He'd just look at me and go, all right, smart guy. <laughs> this you, was tell easy, right? you tell me. You tell me. It's You're always the one calling me out on stuff. Yep. You tell me what just happened. It's a lot easier on the podcast than in yeah. person. Yeah. Oh, but way easier. It's always referees. easier as a fan. <laughs> it's always easier as a broadcast guy. It's always easier as um, as a guy doing a podcast to go back and go, oh, the refs stink. It's so much harder. Yeah, yeah. On the field as things are happening. I can't for imagine those things. how much pressure. Oh, I know. No, credit where credits due, Terry and his team. That you guys did a, a much a great job. This, much this better, yeah. much yes. better. Not perfect, but much, no. much better. Never is going to be perfect. Um, and and I do appreciate the fact that the NAL is willing to uh, talk to people. Yeah, whether it's me or not, I'm, I'm glad they're talking to people and trying to improve their game. And um, I'm glad they're making those changes midseason um, to try to make the product better and not let resting. And they can't. They're not the NFL. They can't rest on their laurels and be like, ah, we'll fix it next season. They got to fix it as we go. I thought the NAL called me too. When I picked up the phone, they were telling me about my car warranty. About oh, to okay. Expire. Sure. Oh, okay. sure. I got that call too. Well, yeah. I will say that um, I don't know his name, but the referee number 19, I met his wife a couple games ago. And so I was passing out the yellow towels and I went to her <laughs> and I was like, I know I'm talking bad about your husband, but he does make some bad calls. I go, would you mind taking the yellow flag? She goes, no, I'll take it. She goes, I don't know if I'll wave it. I was like, that's okay. And again, uh, they did notice on the broadcast, Jay and uh, the broadcast crew up there noticed the yellow towels and they were like, yeah. somebody's been passing out yellow towels in the crowd. That was the smoking uh, guns. That's right. And Greg and Nelson. Greg and Nelson, Greg Nelson yeah. who's part of the smoking guns family. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's be fair. For sure. He's a patron and, and a friend and uh so we uh we need to address something leo because as we got ready for today 
Yeah. As we posted um, online today that we would be going live today, we said something very specific. A couple of things. Okay. We said that the San Antonio Gunslingers had gone toe-to-toe. Uh-oh. Toe-to-toe with the league's best. With the league's do, best. Do you know what that meant? And Inside joke. that they had nailed it. They yeah. nailed it, yes. <laughs> and she's actually listening, or at least she was a few minutes ago, because I saw her comment on something. <laughs> um, so I'm, I, I hope you've warned her that you're going to tell this story. I, I did tell her, yeah. And um, I, but I told tell her us what little, happened and why those words were important words. The little jabs, yeah. So... Speaking of Greg Nelson, you know, uh, he invited us down. Uh, he had some extra seats down in the, uh, along the wall. So we were down there with him in the second half. I think it's called a suite. Yeah, it's a yeah. suite. Right? They're the yes. yeah, field level yeah. suites. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we were down there with him for the second half, our first experience on the wall. And about midway through the fourth quarter, there's a play where um, I-, I won't say the player because I don't want to make him feel bad. Uh, he wouldn't anyways, not because he's not a good guy, but it's part of the game. Right. Uh, he comes into the wall, and the wall moves, which we had been warned about, and get away from the wall. So she moved, but she didn't move every part of her body away from the wall. So her foot uh, did get moved back far enough. So the steel beam on the bottom, not to get too graphic, kind of came back and sort of kind of knocked her big toenail right off her foot like oh, the whole the whole thing, thing. oh my god so yeah toe to toe with nailed the league's it. best nailed it nailed it <laughs> it was a little play on words to you know joke with uh with Dolores and Lolis my, my wife I, we know, had a great time hey she's a tough cookie cuz she didn't want to leave till the game was, was over i am she sure uh, i am absolutely sure there are other injuries that that suck but I've had uh, an injury to the toenail on your great toe on your big toe. Mm. Man, those are all in. And, and, and talk about long lasting. My mm. toenail does not look the same to this day. And it was oh, four or five years You're ago. You're going to freak her out. Don't say that. Yeah, I uh, you, can, you, can, you can file that thing down and paint it. It'll be fine. But uh, guys don't do that. So, uh, no, it's, it's, those, are, yeah. those are rough. Um, those are rough. Deal. Yeah, very painful. She can deal with pain like like as well as anybody I've ever met, and and she had a rough time Saturday night. But we definitely want to send some shout outs and some thank yous to Brian and Sochi <laughs> mm-hmm. because Brian himself came over and tended to her, um, and he was great and you know wrapped her up and everything, gave us a you know a few words of advice on how to take care of her over the next few days. I'm sure. Sochi has been uh, texting and checking in on her since uh, since that Saturday. Very cool. Just following up and making sure everything's okay. She even said, hey, if you need us to come out there to just check in on her or, or give her some attention, we'll come. You know, thanks, guys, so much for all of that. Also, uh, the new Gunslinger fans – that uh, Greg and Kim Nelson brought from the watch party last week. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Brady and, and Hannah. Yes. That's yeah, they were there for the thing. game, first game, and they were down there. Uh, Hannah held Dolores's hand through like the whole time Aww. that nice. that Brian was treating her, and she was like, "You better make sure and and, and thank Hannah for me because that was so sweet." So I'm very cool. Send a shout out to those guys, uh, definitely. But. Um, you know, not so great experience at the game, but sure. definitely, you know, a great uh, experience of, of, you know, people around helping. She said there were other fans there that were like offering uh, band-aids and like other stuff just to be 
helpful, you know, to sure. her. And, and uh, we appreciate that from all the gunslingers posse out there. Uh, you guys are, are great. Dolores so getting you. on to me and saying, don't tell me that about, you know, the nail not looking right. Well, let me tell you two things. Um, a, I did nothing for it. I didn't, I had no medical care for it whatsoever. So you've already done more by just spending some time with excellent people like Brian and Sochi than I did. And, um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't worry about, uh, I, I think you're in healthy, you're a healthier person. I know you're a healthier person than I am. Um, so don't worry. I and, think you'll be fine. And I've never seen your feet, but I'm going to go ahead and say Dolores probably has prettier feet than you do. Yeah, no, so, I've never seen Dolores's feet, and I'll say the same thing. Like, I've seen I agree. your feet before. I, I've seen them, but if I like go into detail on that on on the show, kind of <laughs> let's not. It'd be kind of weird, right? Let's so. not. Todd Mintz checking in. Hi, uh, Todd. Our buddy Todd, and he says they do need to at least find some carpet, or uh, I think he means like some padding outside of the end zone instead of going down on the cement like that one player did. That's oh, true. That Thomas. Oh, yep. poor Nico. Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately he's got a bad br- a knee bruise and everything, but we, we hope he recovers very quickly. I thought he hit his quickly. face at one point. Yeah. Well, the helmet went, yeah. Watching the uh, – <laughs> well, Michael Wayne Davis, Phillip probably has talent. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's not have any more of this conversation. Hobbit feet. It's gonna it's it's gonna turn into a Quentin Tarantino movie here in a minute. Um, anyway, no, absolutely some uh, some padding there for Nico Thomas. Uh, we want him to get better really really quickly. We need him. Yes, we do. Um, because he he's great. a big part of all of this. Uh, he had the INT at the end of the first quarter. Man, what an important interception stop. too! Yes. And again, yes. another one of those times where allowing the players to play. Mm-hmm. was much more satisfying to me than – because you could have called a pass interference on that, on either team, really. Um, you could have seen it either way because there was a little bit of jostling and shoving from both players, but Nico established position, pulled that ball in to his body, um, and created a turnover, which was much more satisfying than a flag on the, on the play. Oh, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And, and to give credit where credit is due, there was another player who played a big part in that play and that interception. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, had an awesome game even besides this play, but number, number two, big number two. Half. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Justin Alexander. Yep. Um, or Alexandre. It's, Alexandre. It's, I'm pretty sure it's the French pronunciation, so it'd be Alexandre. Okay. Okay. I, I took Alexandre. French, but, okay. Yeah, but uh, anyways, however you pronounce it. Dude was a beast, yes, he especially, was. like you said, yes, in the second half. But on that play, on that interception, um, he'll never get recognized for it. You won't see, the, see it in the stat book. Sure. But uh, on the line, he saw that it, w- it was going to be a pass, and he jumped in the air to deflect the pass and obstructed, uh, obstructed the line of, of the pass for Bain to his receiver, and Bain had to adjust the throw at that last second when he threw it. So I'm sure that that you know Nico made a great play. Yes. But you know we all know Bain's a great a great accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I'm sure that that had some effect on on his throw on that that particular play. So uh, I just want to give a, a shout out and some recognition to uh, Justin for that one particular play. But, I mean, he made multiple plays. He had, what, three sacks, I think, in the uh, game? I know he had two. Todd checking in also said he had two. Um, but he was disruptive in the backfield at other times. Um, just a a spectacular game from him. Um, we have these guys defensively that are starting to come along. Mm-hmm. We didn't see it earlier in the season, and we paid for it um, yeah. on the field. 
we are starting to see some guys and the guys at inside the wall, Zach and, and Jim are 100% correct when oh. they say this is such a game of possessions. And if you can steal a possession away, you've done a lot. That's mm-hmm. true. Yep. Every single possession means something. And so if you can put together four plays where you don't allow them to get a first down and you turn the ball over on, on downs, that's huge. Mm-hmm. You get an, uh, you get an interception. That's huge. Uh, Mike yeah. Wayne Davis says, are there Kent jerseys? Um, not that I know of. Not they're at the not, moment. No. They're not specific player jerseys. Now, you may be noticing that I'm wearing a number 12 jersey. That's Robert yes. Kent's number. And actually, Robert Kent wears my number. Oh, Lord. Here we, <laughs> Here we go. Oh, my God. I don't know if you knew this, Robert. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Uh, you're wearing my number. And here's why I say that. These jerseys were produced last year by the previous ownership group. They were the first group of fan jerseys ever created. Yep, mm-hmm. the OG team. They were created specifically with the number 12 on them to uh, commemorate the date that the uh, the idea of the team... Was created. Yeah, was born, yeah. Was born. born. Yeah. Um, it was the 2nd of January in 2020. Yep. Wow. Um, so 1-2 was the date. And so they printed these jerseys. And they said, we're going to make these fan jerseys, and it's a special number, and nobody in the Gunslingers organization will ever wear the number 12. And Until Robert came. When they created the jersey, <laughs> the first one that was sold was to this guy right here. There you go. So everybody else that wears number 12 in the Gunslingers history is wearing my number. I think Robert. <laughs> I'm going to go with Robert. I think, I think Greg... Uh, he you also has a, a jersey. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he, I think he, he he lays claim to the second one. If I'm not, that's curt, fine. He can have mistaken. the second one. He's the first person that wears my jersey. Um, so these are not Robert Kent jerseys. Robert Kent is wearing a Philip Higginbotham jersey. Um, well, going back yeah. to the to Bain and the quarterback, <laughs> I no, think I want to talk about me some. No, more. we're not going to. <laughs> um, that I, our players, I think, really affected the way they were throwing, like second-guessing what their next play was. And I think I saw that more this game than in previous games with other quarterbacks. Like he was like – like you see his eyes like looking like, oh, my gosh, what do I do next? So I think that was a big effect on, on the quarterback. And then when he got hurt, mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen anybody move the way he did on the field. Like he was arched and he was crawling and – I don't know if, well, if the air got knocked out of him or, so, or what happened. No, what I understand like is a leg injury. Ankle yeah, injury. Ankle what injury. what oh. I understand is it's an ankle injury. Um, and let me say a couple of things, and I think Leo's going to echo me on this a little bit, but let me say a couple of things about that injury. A, um, did it affect the rest of the game? I don't really think so. Um, the Cobras played really well with their backup quarterback, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost as well as they did with Jonathan Bain. You can come at me and say the game would have been a lot different with Jonathan Bain. I don't know that it would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know. The, the, the only the question mark I have is at the end of the game, after going back and watching it, um, when we fumbled at the one-yard line and left them a few seconds, mm-hmm. and they were able to that get – huge, too. Yeah, they were able to get some – you know, I think they got to our, like, nine or, or – you know, they, they got deep into Gunslinger's territory. They did. As the clock expired, right. that opportunity given to Bain, he might have been able to do something there. The sure. other thing I want to say about this, and I, you know, I don't know what teams listen. I know that Coach Fred Shaw listens. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people around the NAL listen. Coaches, in every, every level of football, stop putting your number one, your QB one, as the holder on plays. Doesn't make sense. That Keep is... that guy 
protected. Exactly. So keep him off the field when you don't need him there. So the holder in football has to be quick to react. I'm, my son was a holder in high school. Sure. I know how difficult this is because he would talk to me about it. Um, you have to be really quick uh, to react because you have bad snaps. You have you know have Absolutely. instances where this happens, and so a lot of times you know your quarterback might be you know in this case your 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 quickest guy to react, your quickest on you know to think uh, uh, in situations like that under pressure, um, but. When your quarterback is your the best player on your team, mm-hmm. and you know all league QB like Bain is, you know in the yep. NAL, having him as the holder is just such a huge risk. That okay, if it's what you got to do because you don't really have confidence in maybe someone else doing that position, or maybe they they don't have the confidence in themselves because you have to have a lot of confidence to be a holder. I, I right. know this for sure. Um, then tell them, look, when there's a mistake, just get away. Get yeah, away from the get play. out of the way. Get out of the way. What happens happens, but we just can't Which is risk tough injury because to you're you. telling you're telling a football player that likes to have an impact on the game. Here is a moment that is going to impact the game. I need yeah. you to stay away from it. That's hard. That's yeah. tough. That's a tough call. But there is no reason um, that you can't train a backup quarterback or a wide receiver or somebody else to be look I understand it's a it's a certain position you don't just mm. put anybody back there. no I get that um, but stop putting QB1 back there yeah it's, that's just not a good idea and we saw why exactly um, I understand hard. and I had this conversation with somebody on a message board uh, after the game and they said well I think the reason people do it is because it gives them a greater advantage on trick plays or uh, like you said busted plays mm-hmm. and I'm like the the benefit it grabs you in those few key moments is not, not worth, worth the, risk. the cost if yeah. you lose your quarterback yeah it's just not i mean we don't know how long bain's gonna be out Mm-mm. is he gonna be able to play next week we don't I know don't, an ankle an ankle injury is a big deal i don't yeah. think so yeah pro- i would guess no yeah i don't yeah, think so and so that's no. maybe that's, even the next couple of games that's yeah. rough it, it looked rough i mean it's he, not worth it not on that kind of play hey i'll tell you what let's take a break right here when we get back we're gonna actually have we think uh a guest with us Woo! Um, and I'll let you guess who it's going to be. He's got a great name. I'll give him that. He was he's number a, eight and number 10. So he's, he's got sometimes an, his jersey changes. Excellent name. Uh, Smoking Guns Podcast. Yeah. We'll be right back after this. Smoking Guns Podcast. Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods, Jordan Steubing, all sitting around our microphones, um, chatting and talking about uh, the biggest win in Gunslinger's history? Question mark. For well, sure. For sure. Yeah, I would say so. Um, there's only one other game that might be willing to be talked about in the midst of that. I want to talk about that a little bit in a few minutes. Okay. But for now, um, we have a special guest on the phone. On Yay! the phone line, we have uh, your. What number is he uh, there, RC? I, I think it's ten this week. I don't know. Before <laughs> it was eight. I don't. You know, right? Sometimes he's in. Sometimes he's eight. But he's always Philip Barnett. Yes. Uh, and he has been with the Gunslingers for four weeks now. Started for the started uh, just before the Jacksonville Sharks game out in Jacksonville, one that got dropped in just the last second of the game, and has been with the Gunslingers for three straight wins. Philip Barnett, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, we're excited. Yeah. We're very excited. We're yeah. just as excited as you guys are, maybe more so. 
don't know. I hear you guys are really <laughs> excited in the locker room afterwards. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we got a report from somebody that they went into the locker room after the game on uh, Saturday night and that it was nice and stoic. You guys were, were very quiet and uh, very reserved after the victory. Is that correct? <laughs> So, uh, something go with, something go with that, something like that. <laughs> we don't believe it for a second. No, I don't believe it for a second. I hope, I hope not. I hope not. We were definitely excited for that win. So, uh, I be, would... being on a team, going up against a 7-2 a and two football team that everybody is kind of looking at and going, well, they're the class of the league. You're sitting at 2-5. and five. Nobody's giving you much of a chance. I know you guys are. I know you guys didn't walk into the game going, I don't know if we can beat this team. Like, you knew you had a chance to win. How good does it feel to walk out of the arena that night and prove what what nobody else really thought was true, that, that you guys could play on the same field as Carolina? Well, before I, even, before I even got here, like, this team, they've been in every game. So it was just like we knew that we could win. We just had to minimize the mistakes and just play our, play our football, play our game of football. And we knew we can come out and get the win. We just had to play our game. Okay. Well, I knew you were so going to get it, the it, win. It, it, <laughs> it definitely felt great, though, because that's all we want to do is go 1-0 each week. That's as long true. as we keep going 1-0 each week, we'll get in the playoffs. So that's what we're working on right now. So you came in, uh, Philip, and pretty much made an immediate impact um, you know, some on, on, on defense. I know they, you're, you're one of the players they have going both ways. Um, I, I don't know if you had done that previously uh, before this or if this is your first experience playing both ways. Uh, but I know, I know you've made an uh, impact on defense, but especially on, on offense uh, as a wide receiver, you, you've made several big plays, big catches, touchdowns, uh, just added a, another dimension, another weapon, uh, for Kent Jr. to throw to uh, coming in, what was what was your thoughts on the role you were going to be playing, and and what were your thoughts on on being another weapon for for Kent? Uh, I, I know I'm, I'm sure you had, you knew uh, some about what I hear his nickname now is the Duke, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, talk talk about your your thoughts about the offense and the Gunslingers uh, team when you were coming in. So the, the wild thing was uh, I was actually in Frisco, and I think Kent is from the Dallas area or around there. Yes. So he, he would come he would come to our practice like once or twice a week when he was actually coaching. So I would I, like we were like we, we would throw together like once a week already when I was in Frisco because I was playing at Frisco for the first four or five weeks of the NAL season I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of had had a chemistry already. So it was easy whenever I came here. So we pretty much already knew each other so let's run the tape back a little bit because we all know you're a san antonio gunslinger now but where uh where are you from originally where did you play high school ball uh i'm from ohio it's like uh in the middle of cincinnati and in, in dayton ohio so i'm okay. from middletown ohio so okay. i played i played uh i played football in middletown middletown ohio we were we were decent we had a good team but we only finished i think 500 i think it was five and five Sure. So it, it was it was a tough year my senior year, but uh, I ended up leading the league in receiving yards and touchdowns. And I, I love it there. It's a small small town. Everybody knows everybody. Now, did that Big give you an opportunity town. to play at the next level in college? Uh, so uh, I was great shirted, so I ended up going to Toledo, 
Okay. And I sit out my first year. Uh, I didn't have the ACT scores. So if I'd have, if I'd have had everything school wise, that's a, that's the main thing. Like anybody can go to college. You got if you can play sports, you just have to have the grades. If you have the grades, then you can go wherever you want. So that was the main thing. So any athlete that's wanting to play football at the next level, make sure you have the the grades. School, school, school is first. Yeah, do all the work, school not first. just part of the work. Do all the work. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I ended up going to Toledo, and I ended up coming home within the, my first semester. So then I sat out for two years, and I started playing arena football. So where all in the indoor game have you played? <laughs> uh, so I, <laughs> that says a lot right there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I actually got uh, lucky. So I started out in Cincinnati and uh, with Billy Back. He's the head coach of the Frisco Fighters now. Uh, he was actually my receivers coach my senior year in high school. So he ended up getting a head coaching job at Cincinnati. So I played with him for four years. Played with him at Cincinnati for two. Then we played with the Texas Revolution for a year. Then I played with him in uh, Nashville Venom. And then that's whenever I got my shot in the AFL. I sent my film to uh, the Tampa Bay Storm. Uh, they invited me to camp, made the camp roster, and played in the AFL for four or five years. Played in Tampa for two, Cleveland for one, and D.C., so four years. Okay. Um, and then this season, didn't you get an opportunity? Uh, you said you played for the fighters this year up in Frisco. So that's IFL. Have you ever played CIF? No, I haven't. So I've only played in, uh, played in the CIFL, but that's not, that sure. league's not even here anymore. That's, that's when I first started out playing was in the CIFL. So uh, everybody that pays attention to the indoor game uh, really kind of points to the fall of the the AFL falling apart. You're an AFL veteran. Um, you've spent some time in the IFL. You've spent some time now in the NAL. Do you feel like there's a possibility here that that indoor football can solidify back into something it was, uh, you know, ten years ago when the AFL was strong? Do you get that feeling as a player? I, I feel like it can. I mean. We just, we just got to get the fans. The fans is uh, what drives the business. As long as we get the fans in, we'll be able to the, the league can keep growing. And hopefully uh, we can keep getting uh, expansion teams in and growing grow to what it could be. So speaking of fans, how does it make you feel when after the game the kids are all looking up to you and asking for autographs? Oh, man, I love it. And then especially seeing their, the smiles on their faces, it just – it makes our day. It makes the game even better. Even if even if we have a loss and they're down there talking to us, it still puts put a smile on our face. Like to the kids, I really don't even think it matters so much if you win or lose the game. When they get down there, their eyes get so big and they're so happy. And literally, they're like running around the field trying to find a different player to take a picture with. Mm-hmm. And that's really, right. and that's I, really I love amazing. It. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think that's especially the- Especially how – go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think that's one of the coolest things about about what the you know the the experience is the fans getting to interact with players like that uh, after the game, even during the game. You guys, you know, the, the fans are kind of like right there on on top of you guys, so <laughs> you guys get to hear what they're saying and interact with them. And then at the end, it's like it's uh, really special to see everyone lining up to you know, get up close and personal, ask for autographs and talk to you. He's a lot of kids. I think that's one of the coolest things about this. Right. And that that's another reason why, like, I, when I, like, if I, like, meet people and talk to them about arena football, that's what I try to tell them. Like, 
I feel like arena football games are better than the NFL games because you're right on top of the players. You can interact with them. You can talk to them. NFL games, you're like 10, 15 yards still away from the players. And then you're not ever really meeting them unless you have like a specific pass to get down on the field. Right. So that's the reason why I like arena football because it's fast-paced more stuff is going on high scoring and you're right there with the fans you can actually meet them all of the other levels of football whether it's professional um college football all of these spring leagues that have started up usfl xfl even back in the aaf days there was a certain sanitized product about those things Mm -hmm. where there is a a very specific barrier Mm -hmm. between the players and the fans and it's just it's a sanity you know it's sanitized to some level. Um, right, That right. disappears in the indoor game. You do have an opportunity to interact directly with fans, which means sometimes things get nasty. Like, sometimes things get dirty. Sanitized is the word I use for a reason, but it feels more <laughs> real. Like, you can actually interact with some of these players and coaches instead of uh, having some distance between you. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's, that's another reason why I love indoor because you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know who you're going to talk to. I mean, you can make connections with anybody in the, in the indoor football league, in the, in the arena football league, because you you can actually talk to them. We have a fan question uh, on Facebook from Todd Mintz. Uh, he said, did you play with T.T. Tolliver, and did you learn anything about him, about indoor football route running? Oh, man, that dude is so smooth. <laughs> he makes the game so easy. It's like... Like I, don't, I, I can't even describe it. It's like he's—he used to be fast. Whenever I was playing with him, he was older in his in his career, and like he wasn't fast, but he was just smooth. He knew the game. He knew how to run routes to the to the T, and he was still good at the age of thirty-nine. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, we're, what I usually do at the end is sort of kind of ask you like some quick questions. Oh, we're not near the end yet, oh, but well, I'm going to well, let I'm, you go ahead okay, and do it. Okay, well, it has nothing to do with football. So I know you grew up in Ohio, and the big thing here in Texas is um, breakfast taco. So what's your favorite breakfast taco? Breakfast taco? That, oh, wow. that doesn't even sound good. That, that's not, well, a, oh, that's not a thing outside of South Texas. Oh, so you have no taco. idea? You have no so, idea what yeah, a breakfast taco He hasn't been here long is? enough to, to no. be acclimated. Man, go, we got to get you some. Trust me, breakfast okay. tacos, they're a thing down here. And once you once you do it, man. man just, you get some I'm gonna bacon and eggs, sausage and yeah, eggs, bean and cheese, cheese chorizo. Whenever, whenever oh, your next yeah. practices, I'm going to bring you all some breakfast tacos, okay? You got you got to try it. It's good stuff. If, okay, so if you would have said a burrito, I'll go with the burrito, but I never no. had a breakfast taco. Well, we'll have to talk about that. Um, <laughs> what's your uh, top three songs in your playlist? Oh. Ooh. Well, one I listen to before every game is uh, Proud by 2 Chainz. It says, I want to make my mama proud. Okay. Okay. That's a good song. Uh, dang, top three. Okay, just give me one more. Oh, I'm going to my playlist right now. <laughs> <laughs> while while you're oh. looking on Facebook Live, Michael Wayne Davis, when we we're talking about uh, trying breakfast tacos, Michael Wayne Davis says, "Don't. We need you in peak physical condition." <laughs> One taco's not gonna make it. You do start it. eating some breakfast tacos, you may slow down a little bit. I'm Might not gonna start lie. a habit. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Well, I know. I have the worst diet. Uh oh. Why do you say that? I have the worst diet. I know because I know whenever I'm done playing football. 
I may be 350 pounds right, within a year. What's your go-to um, junk food then? Uh, I'm not a big sweets guy, so that, that may help. That may help me out. Okay. Uh, junk food. I didn't uh, know these questions were so hard. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, like I'll get some, eat some Oreos or some Lay's barbecue chips and some Doritos. Okay. All right. Well, last question. So I know you guys were doing weights day, right? Tonight you're lifting weights. What's the most you've ever uh, benched? What's the most you've ever benched? Oh, uh, I I guess 315. Okay. That's a lot. That's all? That's, that's, (laughs) no. Yeah. That's Philip. That's pretty good. Can you lift? Okay. We'll see how much, uh, which Philip can lift more weight. Yeah. Yeah, Philip versus Philip. That, 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 that would be a good game. A good game. Philip versus Philip. Versus Philip. There we'll you go. I, I can't. I, I can't do that now. Uh, I'm, I, I don't. I don't put. I don't put over two twenty five on a rack anymore. I got you. Speaking of names, I got a question. Even, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Philip, and then. Even, even when I'm on squat and I don't put over two fifteen and uh, two twenty five anymore. Gotcha. We don't even know so, what Philip's talking about. So <laughs> I, I had I had a question uh, uh, regarding a name. So on the broadcast, they were calling you by a nickname, uh, yeah, Lil, Lil great Hopper. Question. Lil Hopper, uh, <laughs> Philip, Lil Hopper Barnett, and I'm like, okay, Philip, uh, uh, Philip Barnett's a big dude. I don't I don't understand the <laughs> Little Hopper reference. I, I got to ask him that. What what what's up with that name? It's it's from back home. So uh, my brother. Uh, I'm four years younger than my brother, so he was the big guy in sports whenever we were in high school. So everybody knew me as his little brother, and they call him Grasshopper or Hopper. Oh, okay. So that's how I got that little Hopper because it's his little brother, so little Hopper coming in. Very cool. Gotcha. So then I was, I was the next Hopper that came in to the high school. So you guys are sitting in fifth place in the NAL. We we've got down to the basement. We're in fifth place now. Um, but what, uh, what realistically you're in the locker room, you're around these guys. Um, what, what are y'all, what are y'all feeling like right now? Are you feeling like a team that's going to eke into the playoffs? Are you feeling like a championship game team or are you just feeling like a team that needs to go, uh, one and oh next week? Like, where are you guys at right now in the locker room? Well, honestly, we think we can make it to the playoffs, but that's all we want is we can't overlook any games. It like, Especially, especially after this win, we can't go into next week and be like, "Oh, we're playing Albany. We already beat them." So we're just trying to go one and zero each week. We're worried about our next opponent. We beat them, then okay, we go to the next one, get that win, then we just keep winning, then we'll be in the playoffs. That's all we need is just squeak in the playoffs, get that fourth or third seed, and it and go from there. It's a good way to be. Yeah, I, I think that's the attitude to have. And I, I got to say, I got to give props. I, I love it. Um, I, I saw Coach Fred Shaw post earlier today um, where he said, he said, celebration's over. Right. Albany's on the clock. Yep. And I saw that and I love it. I was like, yeah, you take take a day to celebrate and then it's back to business, get back to work because – uh, you you can't you can't you can't relax you can't take it easy you can't think because you won the last game that that you know the next game is a given you got to put that work in and the next team's gonna be gunning for you just as hard if not harder than the last especially now that you had that statement game you know and then having just lost 
to you guys a couple weeks ago. You know Albany's going to come into the range. Yes, I said it, the range. <laughs> is going to come in and, and, and really want to make a, a statement of their own. So it's almost like you got a target on your guys back now. Right. It's pretty much like us, like our revenge tour. Now all they're going to want that revenge back. Right. Mm. For sure. So what do you like? So, uh, I know you've only been here four weeks, but what about San Antonio have you seen or that you like? Uh, honestly, I haven't, I haven't done much since I've been here. Okay. Uh, I went to the river walk for a little while. I want to, I want to go back just to experience it. Cause I, I didn't really get to do much there. But other than that, we, I've been, like we've just been practicing and working out. That's pretty much all I've been doing since I've been here. And then whenever I first got here, we, I think we traveled the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was able to get out right. and see the city. So. so the the fans that are watching that are looking for you, uh, what number do they need to be looking for? Because you've worn a couple of them. <laughs> what number do they need I, to? I think, I think they got me a ten for now. Okay. For good now. For good now. We're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, whenever they had me an eight, I like the eight. Don't get me wrong, but I asked. I was like, so am I going to be? Because we have a ten home jersey. So can I just have the ten home jersey? They're well, like, yeah, we got you on that one for well, now. On. We're only a team that's been around for two years, and I realize that that's not much of a history. But when it comes to the number eight, there's a guy that wore number eight before you, you got down here. In fact, I'm not sure you guys even were able to meet up uh, in practice. Do you know Cody Brooks? Have you Did you spend any time with Cody Brooks in practice? Uh, No, I haven't. That, okay. that was a light skin with the braids, right? Or dreads? Yes. Yeah. He's, he's, from, he's, he's from this area. So uh, I feel like we talked a little bit on Facebook, but – this is about because I actually signed here to play here before the season even started. Right. He he so wore I, I number we, eight before you got a chance to wear it, and uh, he made an impact so much so that the one time you wore number eight, the game you wore number eight in, the broadcast crew kept calling you Cody Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. That, that's what that guy's number is. So. Um, oh dang! Okay. Let let uh, I like I like ten better. Ten suits. Yeah, we like yeah. ten. Ten ten works very well. Yeah, as Re, as uh, Ronaldo Holgan uh, uh, says on here, you know Cody Brooks under the nickname of the Sheriff because yeah. he he made an impact on the fan base here, and we wish him well on his we sure his do. next. Uh, and I think miss you. I think he's listening right now on Facebook Live. So yeah. Cody, we miss you. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we hope things are going send well. Send love. Yeah, uh, I, so I, I was actually looking forward to uh, playing with him because that's all I kept hearing about. And then y'all y'all know y'all had him on the show at the beginning of the year too. So I was like. I didn't know what happened. Like, I didn't know why, why he had left. Uh, he's just got uh, some other irons in the fire, maybe some other opportunities to play uh, up in some other levels of football. So he's taking advantage of those opportunities. We wish him well. Um, he's the kind okay, of guy okay. that you could certainly see playing up in, uh, in some of these higher levels. And Cody, uh, okay. Philip, just so you know, uh, Cody's chiming in on Facebook Live because he is with us, and he said you rep the number well. So mm, sure okay. did. So he, uh, he, did he didn't mind that you had that <laughs> it, jersey man. for a while there. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Well, we're all excited about uh, the way things have gone over the past three weeks, four, four weeks really since you've gotten here. Uh, I, I, I don't know that you would say it, so I'll say it for you. I, you know, we barely lost a game in Jacksonville. We've won three straight games, and uh, the one thing that uh, we can point to and say, here's something that changed, 
was that uh, Philip Barnett joined the team. So I know you wouldn't say, Philip, that uh, the whole thing, the whole uh, resurgence of the gunslingers is, is because you've joined the team. I know you wouldn't say that. Maybe we can we can say that we that, that, yeah. that had something I mean, to do with it. Yeah. Come on, clearly. I mean, we can say we got the Duke at quarterback, and he's got you know he's got uh, uh, Philip Barnett on one side, and then he's he's got uh, Khalil Rashad as another weapon. You guys are str- putting fear into the rest of the NAL. That's let me tell statement. you, what is it like to have a playmaker like Khalil Rashad on the other side of the field from you? It's unreal. It's this. It's unreal because this one two punch is crazy. It's like he can open up the field because he's so fast and he makes plays. And then I'll do everything underneath. And if you worry about us too too much, then our other receiver is going to make plays. So it's like pick your poison. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Philip, we're excited about what's going on with the Gunslingers. But you're right. Um, nothing. You haven't won anything yet. You've still got to be one and zero against Albany this week, and we'll be there. Um, cheering you on and excited about watching that game. Um, We've put the NAL on notice. We yes, absolutely sir. have. Oh, for yes. sure. Definitely for pay sure. attention to us. Well, we're going to go ahead and let but, you go, but, let you get about your weightlifting. What were you going to say? Uh, I, was, I was about to say, uh, that's the thing. Like, this team, like they, like I was saying before, they've been in every game besides one game before I even got here. So it was like I was just a puzzle put into the – into the puzzle. You, so, ju- you just pushed them the over the edge. You just pushed them exactly. over the edge. They were, exactly. They were. You were the piece they needed. Let's go with that. It's, 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 it's just the, the leadership. I mean, I, I'm a veteran in the league, and we were we we're young. So, I mean, that's all it was. We just got to take care of the small mistakes, and then everything else is going to take care of itself. Excellent. Well, I'll see you this week for practice. I'm going to bring you some – couple of uh, breakfast tacos. Breakfast tacos. And then next time I ask you which one you like, then you can tell me. Then you'll have an answer. Long as it doesn't have mushrooms in it, I'm, I'm cool. Mushrooms? No. Nah, you don't put no. mushrooms what? in them. No, no. Nah. Nah. You're good. You, you're good. You, ne- you never know. You We're never not talking know. pizza. We're talking tacos. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, let you... You, said bre- you said breakfast, so I was lost with that. Okay. So. Well, we're going to let you get about your night. Uh, we enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us. Uh, Smoke Guns Podcast. We'll be right back right after this. Smoke Guns Podcast. Philip Higginbotham, R.C. Woods, Leo Yamas, with our friend Jordan Steubing. What's up? We just got an opportunity to talk to Philip Barnett. Amazing. It was a good yeah. interview. Where it was. It was a good interview. time. Yeah. Um, Jordan, uh, our, uh, Philip was one of those guys that signed early in the season that I was very excited about before the season even started, but then he got an opportunity to go play up in Frisco with the IFL mm-hmm. and took it and I don't yeah. blame him. Um, but as that season ended, he was like, man, I still got something left in the tank. Let me go. Uh, let me go play in San Antonio. And he's made a big difference. He sure has oh, played. Yeah. So Carolina comes in, takes a one-point loss. We've already talked about the Bane injury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about the end of that game. Because San Antonio scores first in overtime, mm-hmm. kicks the field goal, or kicks the extra point, seven-point lead. Carolina is able to score. Yeah. And makes the decision to go for two. And I got to tell you, that is 100% the right decision. I don't think they had a choice. Yeah, that was the right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the right mm-hmm. call. You are on the road. 
against a team that is playing you hard and you're down your star quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's the we, it, we it, got sorry. Go ahead. I would say and on top of that and kudos to the gunslinger's posse for this, but we heard from a source that the Cobras said this was the loudest crowd that they've mm-hmm. experienced so nice. far this season. So, you know, tap that on to the home field advantage and the, and the noise. If you've played over uh, – if you played four quarters of football, you're down your starting quarterback and the star of your team, and you've got an opportunity to coin flip win the game, you're going to take your chances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the right call. It was the right thing to do, and I'll go a step further. It was 100% the right play call. That, that was a great play that they had designed, drawn up, and ready for that situation to get that two-point conversion. He should have walked right into the end zone. Go back and watch it. Oh, I watched he should it. walk right Whoa. through the crowd into the end zone. The only thing uh, that makes the difference is the gunslinger's defense. Mm-hmm. And McFarland. DeAndre yes. McFarland yep. had something to say on that play, let me he tell sure you. Did. There were three guys there to meet him, but he was there first, and he played it perfectly if you go back and watch that play. Uh, they did the. They made the right call. They made the right play call. Mm-hmm. The gunslingers just beat them on the play. Mm-hmm. It all came down to one play, and the gunslingers gutted up and beat them on that one play. And to give them credit, look, this was a long game. Mm-hmm. This was the first time, it, it, as I understand it, this whole season that anyone's gone into overtime. Yeah, right. And they're playing the best team in the league. And they kept pace the whole game mm-hmm. and kept the gas in the tank until the very last second yeah. and played that play. There was one other overtime game this season. I think it was Jacksonville and um, Albany. And Albany won. And it was on a missed kick. Okay. I thought end. it was the, the first one. Um, that being said, there haven't been a lot of It doesn't them. happen often. No. Um, and the way the scoring is set up in this league, it, it's not going to happen often. It's it's not seven and three points only. Mm-hmm. Um, there's six points, and there's eight points, and there's a deuce, and there's there's things that make it very hard to end up right. tied at the end of the game. Yeah, and, and also I, I just want to say, like, the defense definitely came away with the, with the, the winning play there. Uh, and they had a lot of key moments. You know, we talked about the interception earlier. They had a couple of stops. They had one stop that was taken away from them on the, a phantom uh, uh, illegal defense uh, formation right. call mm-hmm. that I, I still uh, couldn't couldn't understand after going back and watching that. And the referees came out and confirmed it, though. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what they confirmed. I didn't see it. But you have to also really give a lot of credit Talk about pressure to the offense for keeping pace mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the Cobras. I mean, um, you have the pressure number to keep one up offense with the in the league. Number one offense that can score from anywhere in the field on any given play in any situation. They've done it all season long, and they kept pace with them uh, when when they had to. Like they they literally had to make sure that they scored on almost every possession just to keep up. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when you have a one point win in overtime. Every single play mm-hmm. throughout the whole yeah. game yeah. was a game changer. Yep. You know was. what I mean? Yeah. And we had a lot of that. 
And it was definitely exciting. Like, you, you blink, you're going to miss something pretty Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to give some credit to Coach Shaw. Oh, for sure. Because yes. the touchdown where he toe-touched as he fell out of the end zone, I was standing right there, and I didn't think that was a touchdown. And he he called it, and he had it reviewed, and we got that. And, you know, that's a lot of – that's kudos to him for and having the, the – That was Philip Barnett that. who made that catch, yeah. right? Who yeah. we just talked to. There is no reason why um, – I don't fault the officials at all in that. When you watch it, it didn't full look like speed. It. it doesn't look like he has a foot down when he when he controls the ball. You have to slow it down. You you have to dang near stop it mm-hmm. yeah. at the moment he controls the ball and look at the foot because you can't look at him catch the ball and then down at the foot fast enough. Mm-hmm. But if you stop it, you can see he's he's clearly got the ball and a foot in bounds. It was the right call. And it was a gamble, way though. To, way to go, Coach, out Coach Red Shaw. We'd have lost a, a timeout, and yeah. it would yeah. have not been good. Yeah. Jay brings up a good point, um, and it's something that myself and the guy I was with at the game, a, a buddy of mine who's got season tickets as well, noticed right off the bat um, as far as the strategy that the gunslingers were having on offense. They were trying to not necessarily go for the quick strike every possession, Um you know, Pierre Turner had a huge game, had a yeah. lot of, a lot of runs. You know, they, they, they grinded out this game, took time off the clock to keep the balls out of that offensive hand, keep the ball out, out of the Cobra's hands. Um, time of possession, like Jay said, they, they were like – at halftime, they were almost double. By the end of the game, it was, te- I think, a 10-minute differential. But that was huge just to keep the ball away from the Cobra's offense – and that, that, you know, ground and pound kind of game plan that they had that they did to perfection. David Anzaldua in the first half, I think, had more passes thrown right. his way than he had last year <laughs> and this year combined. He had, had some hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the idea, the, the yeah. strategy of we are going to grind this thing down, slow it down a little bit, because if we get into a track meet with the number one offense in the league, we, mm-hmm. we will lose. Yeah. Like Carolina is that good an offense that if we turn this thing into a track meet like it was mm-hmm. uh, the last game we lost against Jacksonville was just a track meet. Score, 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 yeah, score, right. score, mm-hmm. score, score. You do that against Carolina and you're going to falter That's more often than they tough, are. Uh, like, yeah, it's just tough ask. Happen. Great, great game plan. Another credit to, to Coach Shaw on that mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, they, they went out there and they executed. And that's what the game came down to was execution. Right. They well, did, did it, a great job with time management too. For sure. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the cohesiveness of this team for is sure. just coming together. And, and the win streak and everything, it's just been awesome. The crowd. The everything. crowd. The cowbells. The cowbells. Yeah, I want to talk about the cowbells Flags. in a minute. Uh, Kevin Lewis checking in on the Facebook live stream and says, our goal line offense is still atrocious. Still. Uh, he said still twice, so I, I think he means it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's still atrocious, still. Um, I'm wondering, and I know coach listens, and I'm not telling you how to coach. I'm wondering if you can use some motion and some misdirection um, in that moment. Pull a receiver for a jet sweep kind of look. And then give kind of a triple option look to Robert Kent. Maybe there's an opportunity to hand it off to this receiver. Maybe there's an opportunity to run it in yourself. Maybe there's an opportunity to hand it to Pierre Turner going uh, off to the right. Um, I I wonder if there's an opportunity there on the goal line. 
yeah, to, depending to on make how some of that happen. close you are on the goal line, Kelly Rashad comes to mind because he's got the speed, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have the space to take advantage of that. But someone like, say, a Nico Thomas mm-hmm. with the size could really work well in that in that type of situation as a running back that you can you can hand the ball off to um, and catch the the defense off guard. One of the more beautiful things in football, and it's sad that you don't see it in pro and college football anymore, uh, to watch work well is a wing T offense or any kind of any kind of slot T wing T any of those where you have a, like four backs in the backfield. And all of them are coming out different directions, and any one of them could have the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful yeah. to watch when it works really well because it's almost unstoppable when they're doing it properly because what you have to do is have to put a hat on four different players every play because mm-hmm. you don't know who has the ball coming out yeah. of the – I'm wondering if on the goal line we have some sort of way to work that. Right. It's funny, too, because we're just talking about all this, and, and I see here on Facebook Fred, uh, Coach Shaw just came online. And Coach Shaw's probably coming online, and we're talking about <laughs> what things that we could do a little bit better. And he's As like, oh, coach, here we go again. Here we go. Coach Shaw, you, you, if you would have just come in just a few minutes earlier, we were singing your praise oh, no. a little we while ago. Just incredible. Yeah, Incredibly well-called uh, game by you and your staff. Uh, <laughs> Cody Brooks says, uh, slot T, wing T is the world's worst offense. From a defensive guy, I believe that you you probably feel that way because when it runs well, it's it's murder on a linebacker because uh, you never know who has the ball. Jay Riley saying Navarro runs it to perfection. You know who runs it better than anybody I've ever seen uh, in high school football is Liberty Hill. Liberty Hill runs that. Oh man, um, I have nightmares about Liberty Hill. Anyway, um, so the cowbells. Let's go back to the cowbells. That's what we were talking about or that's what y'all wanted to talk about, and then I forced the conversation in another direction for a second. Um, Cowbells were good. I don't know that on the broadcast, the way I was listening to it, and I'm the only one in my house that cares, so I've got headphones on and I'm listening to it. I don't know that I heard it. Oh, we heard it. Yeah. But in the the stadium, it made a difference? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was loud. Um, and Marcus said, where's those I, cowbells? Where's those cowbells? I was almost nervous that something like that would be against the rules. Like, there's regulations against it, but no, no I, apparently not. So, and that it was great. <laughs> so there are, I, I did get a copy of the rule book. I perused through it, but I haven't had time to sit down and read every line of it. But there are um, opportunities for the referees to call noise penalties on the home team. Oh, it, they do, it better does not. exist. That sucks. They sounds better. Like it does shot. exist. I mean, they have those bam bams where you you inflate them and bang them oh, together. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those are way more obnoxious. Oh uh, yeah. Than you know a cowbell. But if they if they if they get mad at us for the cowbells, <laughs> we'll just have Marcus scream our house over and That's over right. and over again <laughs> <laughs> until they let it come back. He did tone it down a bit. I mean, <laughs> he, he did. He, he did. did. Well, that's turned into a thing. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, 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 it's a thing now. It's already. But become a speaking thing. of cowbells, so we had 500 at this last game, and they were given to the first 500 people that came in. Right. We're getting a thousand more. Woohoo! Whoa! Yeah, we we're getting a thousand more. Yes. So, and these will be at the merch booth. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be tied to a donation to a um, organization called Operation Triage, okay. which is an organization that helps veterans that have problems with their houses refurbish their house or, or, or you know, you know, whatever they need in that sense. That's we can awesome. help them fix. Very cool. So it's an uh, it's an organization that John Wayne works with closely, and they're they're awesome people. So you can buy a cowbell for five dollars, or you can set whatever your donation 
you want your donation to be. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to pack the house with some more cowbells because we got a fever. And the only prescription mm-hmm. is more, more cowbell. cowbell. More, more cowbell. cowbell. More yes. cowbell. Yeah, I missed the cowbell. But I, I got there a little bit late, so I do apologize for that. Uh, we but, have a fan checking in. Lolis Yamas. Do, have we ever, do we know anything about this person? Um, said she wanted one, but she didn't get one. Well, we got, we more got there late. We got well, there late. You, you get you, there in enough time to get her a cowbell? You, you have to have nine good toes to get her. <laughs> uh, ten good toes, sorry. You did sorry. not have to go there. You did not You can limp to. your way down to the merch booth and pick one up. <laughs> But I did get these beautiful earrings. Mm-hmm. So Miss Michelle, um, Carlos's wife. Yes, Carlos's wife. She made these earrings, and she was texting me. She was like, "Where are you? Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm still trying to get my tickets," which that's another issue too. But um, I'm like, as soon as I come in there, I went in there, and she had these blue earrings and also some red earrings. Very lightweight, beautiful, very sparkly, which I love. And so she's like, you pick whichever one you want. And so I pick these. And so thank you so much, Miss Michelle. I really appreciate these earrings. I love them. So I'm wearing them today. I don't know if she's going to be selling them, but she may put a link on. I'm in trouble. Uh-oh. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, Sochi and Lolis have both checked in. They're and letting me have we it. We love you, Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> we do love you. She took one for the team on that one. Yeah. Uh, or took one from the team. Doug yeah. White asking the big cowbell for $5. No, you're talking about the mini the little cowbell. Ones. The little ones. The little ones. ones. And also, if you got one last game, bring it back. Yes. Yeah. We want 1,500 cowbells in there shaking up Albany Empire just like we shook up the Cobras. And same thing with the flags. If you got a flag, bring them back. Sure. Shake them. Uh, Michelle says you're welcome, Arcee. Oh, thank you so much. There you go. Uh so we've got uh, what more do what more can we say about Carolina? Um, biggest win in Gunslinger's history. Like all of you are are ready to sign off on that. Yeah, game. I'm For like ninety five percent saying yes. I know we had some until we win the championship. Right. Well, yeah. Well, right. But up to far, this point, so far, up to this point, I mean, I know we had some pretty big ones last year, uh, but uh, this is pretty huge. So the game against the North Texas Bulls in the Rose Palace halfway through the season last year that ended on a last-second, miraculous, God, I don't even think I could describe it. <laughs> it would take too much time was huge. Yeah, that was, I mean, just that play was incredible. play was huge. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but this, to me, and it was... On a botched it, kick. It was a very similar sort of, uh, you know, a team that had beat us earlier that had really kind of embarrassed us earlier in the mm-hmm. season. It was our chance to, you know, uh, experience some revenge on them. It, it had a lot of parallels to this, but we weren't zero oh and five. You know, we weren't two and five. We weren't clawing our way out of the muck and the mire. We were, we were okay. We needed to beat North Texas, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't this same kind of situation. I think this is bigger. Like I just think this is big, and and what it means. Um, yeah. Look. If you've had your head stuck in the sand or this is your very first gunslinger game, you won't get it. But where things have come from, not only last season, but through last season, through the first part of this season. Just the beginning of the season. Um, the things that have happened, it really felt like as time ran out or as, as that final overtime play was played, my first thought was, uh, we've arrived. We're there. Um, this team is no longer an expansion team anymore. This isn't a team that eked into the league or, or we are part of this now. 
We're a, a legitimate we're part a of all this. We, we are. Yeah, we're a threat. We're a, threat, a no, legitimate threat. Nobody wants to play the gunslingers right now. No. Nobody, nobody wants to play San Antonio. I, and there's, the, there's the, a gunslinger's curse because the first couple teams that we beat went on a losing streak after we beat them. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Yes. That's because we get in their heads. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I put something on the NAL board, the, the Facebook NAL board uh, Saturday night right after the game. I said all of the National Arena League, all of the NAL, just watched the Gunslingers and all collectively said, man, I don't want to play that team right now. Yeah, no doubt. Awesome. I, I don't want to play that team right now. Well, Albany especially because we beat them. There was the first – was that the first one? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think so. So Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, the first one, yeah. Yeah, and then it was them, then the Predators. And then now and, the and, um, Cobras. And they went on a little bit of a losing streak there. They just did a great – in their last game. They had a great game against Columbus. So we're both coming together on a hot streak here. (laughs) But they're hitting us at home. Yeah. And they're hitting us on military appreciation night. So we're going to have all our boys and girls in uniform there, and we're going to make it happen. And that home game, what they experienced from the crowd, is going to be a rude awakening when they come to the range this time. I feel like they're going to walk in, and it's only been two weeks. Look, they were here two weeks ago. And they experienced a loss that they weren't really happy about. Um, and that was then, with a thousand people. And then they're going to walk in and be like, "Okay, well, at least we understand the situation we're walking into." Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. They don't really. We're about to introduce you to the cowbell. That's right. <laughs> uh, Michael Wayne Davis said, "Are the end zones new?" Oh yeah. So we've there, we've redone the field, but okay. it's the same field. Right. We're just yeah, improving it, it. Great. So we painted Amazing. the end zones. I did the logos on the end zones. We redid all the dashboard banners, which I think looks a lot better. They look great. Uh, we 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 supersized our logo in the middle of the field. We're just trying to Love do everything it. we can to to make this you know as as awesome as it can be. Now you mentioned something about attendance. What was the attendance at this last game? It was about two thousand people. Wow, we can it's great. We can double that. I know we can. Oh, well, come sure. on, let's do it. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. Tell us about the specials that are going to go on. Yeah. So what's day. happening this week? Um, that's that's all Carolina stuff. What are we doing this week? What's new? This week is Military Appreciation Night. Sweet. Um, what does that mean? Uh, at John Wayne, and now with the Gunslingers, we're all about our active duty active duty military and our veterans. Mm-hmm. That's cool. a big thing for us. So we want to honor them. Any active duty military get in free. Wow, that's great. Whoa, wait, stop. Time. You have to repeat that. Uh, this is San Antonio, Texas. Military City, uh, USA. Yeah. This is Military wow. City, USA. You've got, what, like four mm-hmm. bases mm-hmm. around this city um, with lots of active duty military in this city. So say that again. All active duty military get in free. That's we huge. That is huge. To our house. That's, That's huge. right. Our house. Because it's their house, too. <laughs> That's yes. right. It is their house. Uh, we certainly wouldn't be worried about playing uh, Arena League football without those guys. We wouldn't be doing no, the jobs doing that anything. they do. That's true. What's the plan on getting the word out to, to everyone on that? Well, we're going to push it all across the board. I mean, radio, TV, we're doing it here. We're going to push it on social. We need everybody to tell their friends. Bring we, a friend. We want, yeah, bring a friend. We want to, yeah, pack the house. Let's go. Let's, Let's keep this it. going. Um, we're also, uh, for, to the first lucky 500 people that show up, we have two, excuse my French, but badass jerseys that we've got available. I'll allow it. And <laughs> one of them is camo, one of them is red, white, and blue. You're going to love them. Wait, 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 wait. So, wait. time out. Did you do that again? 
free free jerseys you show up what you're one of the first people there look you get one i don't wow. know if you guys have ever been i used to do this uh every season in fact my wife got tired of them but the missions would do free jersey nights on a friday night um and people would line up at the missions for you know starting at like three o'clock in the afternoon for a seven o'clock game uh-huh um, they would start lining up to get free jerseys on a free jersey night. Do you understand what you're getting into here <laughs> by giving away 500 free jerseys? We want we want people there. We want to you know the usually the people that show up are you know the the true diehards. So get there, yeah. get there fast. We want to we want to do that. That's the 500 that are the the camo and the red, white, and blue uh, jerseys. Um, are you going to have extended sizes in those 500? Big boys. We've got we've got two set sizes on that. Okay. We're going to try and get more for later games to sell. Right. Okay. But cool. we just want to make sure that, you know, generally we have. And that was going to be my other question. If I'm not one of the first 500 in. Uh, so due to time sensitivity on making this happen. Yep. I couldn't get extras to sell on top of that. We're, right. we're pushing it already. Just sure. getting these 500. Right. My Jersey guy hates me. He's- <laughs> <laughs> I bet he doesn't. Uh, uh, but he's very glad to have the business. Uh, he is, but the time constraints I'm putting him under are pretty tough. But he's been great. So uh, I, I'm going to try on the on the on the final game on the 16th to have both jerseys available to sell in a variety of sizes. So gotcha. eventually everyone can get one. So if you want one, not only do you got to be at the game, but you're going to have to be at the game early. Early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a band. We have a band. E7. E7. That's right. It's a cover band. Okay, E seven is what do they what do they cover? They're they're just gonna play the hits. I mean, nice. Yeah, they they've got a broad spectrum. I didn't get a chance to hear members only. How members that only they killed were good. it. Oh, they, they were, were so good. Great. Yes, they were awesome. And we we, we know that E seven is gonna do the same thing. And just the concert experience mm-hmm. before the game, halftime, and then after the game. As soon as we got that win, you know, it's super cool. Not not everybody does that, mm-hmm. where right. they have a full blown band in the stadium doing live music. Wow. And it's super cool. Who does that? Nobody does. I don't Only think the gunslingers do house. that. Yeah. We started it off with uh, Amanda Solis <laughs> with the, the Selena tribute. And That's right. We've upped it since then, and All we're right. going to up it again. We're getting very, very, very um, adamant people asking, wait, wait, wait. What sizes are the free jerseys coming in? <laughs> the, free, the free 500 yes. are in large and extra large. Nice. That's good. There you go. That's good. And to point out. And last- free. And free. Last week, I mentioned that we needed some V-neck shirts. One week later, guess who's wearing Boom. a V-neck? Yeah, talk Boom. about service. Yeah. They run a little small. I will say that. Now, also at the game, it was really hot. I had the jersey, the Selena jersey, which I love, but it's a little bit higher cut, and it was a little warm. And I even talked to Kimmy, and we were both, like, sweating our butts off. And so then I was like, I need to breathe. So I went, I went to the merch, tons of options. And I asked, I was honest, I'm like, it looks a little small. They're like, yeah, they're running a little small. So ladies, come get your V-necks. The girls can breathe in the game. You they know, run you small, need that. but we've got it up to 4X. Yeah. So you we know, should be able to accommodate Very you. soft, very good. I love it. And as far as the heat issue, we, we, we noticed hot, that as right? well. I thought it was menopause for a second, but I guess it wasn't. <laughs> Everyone was I did hot. too. You, you thought so too? But there was some um, doors open that we can close okay. going forward and, and try Keep and that cool air deal in. with that. Yeah, it was a little warm, but hey, there's a shirt for you. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of, of uh, giving props, uh, I see a couple people mentioning here the the uh, choir that sang the national anthem. <gasps> oh, they were got to give them kudos because yes. they killed it. Yeah, they did. Very nice. And they had a sign language interpreter also there, and I really appreciate that. 
So on top of, uh, you know, free jersey giveaway, you've got military appreciation, which, look, if you're in military, you know somebody who's active due to military and they play their cards just right uh, for Saturday's game, they can walk into the game free and pick up their free jersey on the way in. You want to talk about a deal. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's and amazing. that's the way we should take care of those And there's guys. people that have done free jersey giveaways, but I'm telling you, these are good jerseys. They're nice jerseys. This isn't some cheapo thing. We, no. we It's the same quality as the ones in the merch booth. It's pretty crazy. Like the Selena one? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love the Selena one. I saw one. some so, pictures. They're pretty sweet, guys. Yes, I gave them a sneak peek, and they're, they're pretty cool. I'm super excited about them. You should be. Carrie Bryant-White, that would be Caleb Roller's mom, says, uh, if you're having some temperature issues there in the Freeman Coliseum, you should call somebody that works on AC. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, though. I'm going to need my own personal little air conditioner here because I, it was hot. Now, I know that last week we you advertised about different packages. You had the whole posse, the half posse, and the lone ranger. Are you still going to have those? Uh, we're kind of sticking to the six pack because okay. there's only a couple games left. And right. if you, you know, if you want to buy a head, you can buy a head, but the six pack works. You know, if you, if you, most, my family's a family of six, mm-hmm. you know, that's a pretty common thing. And if you're not, you know, you can buy it and you can bring some friends Yeah, right. or you can buy two or, and so on top of that six pack, you can add as many buy one, get ones as you want. So say you have eight people, you buy a six pack and we can add another buy one, get one on that. It just works well and it's simple. So I think that's kind of the main thing we're going forward with. So the the six pack is you get two tickets to each of the three home games. Is that well, right? Or yeah. is that a little different? It's, it's per game. Oh, per game. Per okay. Game. So, yeah, speaking of affordable family fun, you're talking about taking the families and everything. I mean, the engagement that this this experience has been brought to with the kids and the games that we had this at this last game that we didn't have before. That seemed like a lot of fun getting the kids involved out there competing, winning prizes. Absolutely. I'm sure we could expect to see more of that. um, The kids having a great time out there. Well, I think it's fun for the kids no matter what. My son has asked me about 15 times when we're going to the football game <laughs> since Saturday. But with um, this weekend with the Military Appreciation Night, we're going to do some some military. Games? We're going to get the military involved in the oh, games, nice. which should be fun. Uh-huh. So we want we, we really want this to be about them because it's so, you know, so important what they do. And, and we want to show that we appreciate that. And we want to make it a big deal. And especially it's the 4th of July. 4th of weekend. July. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that, you know. Right. 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 For sure. Um, Doug yeah. White, the new airman in basic, probably would love a break to come to the game. Yeah, I don't know if that happens. Um, I do know a guy that's in basic right now. Uh, I think it has on, to be like so many Lackland, weeks. But, yeah, they're uh, kind of locked in there, but yeah. Uh, someone on here has to be military that can get a group of guys there. My bet is uh, we're going to see lots of military there. I hope I so. That's what we want. We want them to come have fun. Well, Loli's works on on uh, Fort Sam Houston. I mean, she works oh, at the true. school there. So right. I know she's probably got some connections that can get the, the word out. So. Awesome. Yeah. Ronaldo, our, our photographer. photographer extraordinaire, just yes. putting out some great pictures. Oh um, my says, God, does the photographer get a free camo Jersey? Um, dude, if the podcast can't get a free camo Jersey, <laughs> you need to show up early. You got to get there, yeah. but you got to get there in time. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna try to make it in from Palacios uh, in oh, enough time right. to get me get me one of these jerseys. Um, I don't know that I'll make it, but I'm gonna try. Are we gonna have the military in the trucks? Yeah, I mean we haven't even talked about that, but that's a great idea. Okay, let's get them in there. 
And um, I was a little low on t-shirt cannon shirts and stuff this week, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna up that, and we're gonna make sure we got. That was that so exciting. And then after um, I did the whole truck thing, there was a whole story about that. They had said, "Oh, you can just hop in." I go. I don't hop. Uh, you know, I don't do that. <laughs> we made you know? sure you got it. I now. was like, and then I got a chair, and then my leg kind of went through the, because uh, it was a folding chair. I finally got in, and once I was in, <laughs> I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with the shirts? Because I was holding on for dear life. <laughs> so I had them between my legs. I threw one up and went straight down. It, like, hit April, who was like, we hadn't even gone out into the field yet. And this one Shout guy, out to April. Yes, thank you, April. But this one guy was like, I want it, I want it. So she threw it to him. The other T-shirt, I have no idea. I was holding on for dear life. Someone got it. But would I do it again? Absolutely. It was so amazing. Afterwards, she's like, your dreams are coming true. I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> you know? It was just a lot, a lot of fun. So, again, thank you again for allowing me to be in no that problem. truck. No problem. Michael Wayne Davis already making his plans and figuring out when he needs to get there. What time is the game and when do they open the doors? Doors open at 530. Okay. okay. 5.30. There was a little snafu with, with start time, and we addressed that, and okay. we're going to do it at 5.30. Okay. And the game starts at 7. The game starts at 7. And nice. you can show up wherever you want, but Par- Parking lot opens at 5, though, right? Yes. Right? Parking, I believe so, and, yes. Uh, yeah. Parking is $10, I believe, too. Yes. Oh. Yes. $10 parking. Yeah, it used to be 20 I it think, It was right? 20 to start the season. Now it's 10 Well, we just want to make it easier for you all to come have a great Look at that. Great time. Look at that. They're going out of their way, opening up their arms, their hearts to us. So come on, San Antonio. We could do the same for them. And so that's all the off-the-field stuff. Let's talk about some of the -the on-the-field stuff for the game against Albany because I think a lot of Gunslinger fans that aren't aren't thinking right will look at the schedule, will look at what's coming up and go, oh, Albany, we already beat them. We're good. Like, this is at home. It's against Albany. We're fine. Like, four, four straight wins. Mark it down. Uh, this is not a team you can look past. Mm-mm. No. Uh, I think, you go I think Columbus week, this week. Game. Columbus was the hottest team in the league up until they one weren't. San Antonio gunslinger. Until they came to Texas. Uh, That's right. No, no. Columbus has, has come down here and won. Um, but Columbus was one of the hottest teams in the league uh, leading into this week of play. Oops. Sorry. And Albany beat them. I mean, beat them. Yeah. Beat oh, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm beat them badly through the whole game um so there is no reason that now that was in albany so i don't know if that's going to make a difference or not but there's no reason the gunslingers can look past this game no no albany is is still the champions they're still the championship team um they are still what are they, five and four? They're in second place. They're breathing down the necks they of, got a vendetta of the Cobras now. Against us as and, well. And, yeah, and, true. and they're going to be upset. Um, they came in here and, and got embarrassed by an 0-5 team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not going to be happy coming back in here to, to play another game. No, our guys have to be ready for uh, sure. I, obviously, I think the Gunslingers can win, will win. For sure. But we can do that. Absolutely no reason that, that the team, and I don't think Coach Fred Shaw would ever allow them to do that, or the fans can look at it and go, wow, this is an easy win. There's, never, there's never not an easy, an easy win. win in this uh-uh. league. No. And this game specifically, um, uh, Philip Barnett mentioned it when we, he was on the line with us. We've been on a revenge tour. You've been talking about the, yep. the whole time we've been yep. through this. Mm-hmm. Well, this is somebody else looking for revenge. Like, this is another team that's going to be looking for a certain amount of revenge. We'll be ready. Yeah, yeah. They, they have incentive to come in here and, and give the gunslingers their best shot 
Um, you know, the NAL, uh, like like Jordan said a little while ago, we put them on notice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not sneaking underneath anybody's it radar anymore. It wasn't a anymore. fluke. No. No, no yeah. It all. was not a fluke. And they know this, and they're going to come in and want to make a statement, especially having been one of the teams that we we beat just a couple weeks ago. So they're going to want to make up for that. Um, but like I said, advantage, big advantage gunslingers in the fact that it's a home game. Uh, you know, Albany's a long way away, so they're going to they're right. have some travel things going mm-hmm. on with them. Um, and then I don't think they're ready to experience the home crowd experience that, that we're going to have in store for them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot crazier. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and since we've had them, we've redone all the dashboards. We've, we've spruced up our end zone. We're, 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 we've got a lot more people. Mm-hmm. We've got the cowbells. Mm-hmm. We've got even more confidence. Oh, and we're going to bring key. the noise, and we're going to make it happen. I have faith. It's a total yeah. family experience. From the, as sure. soon as you walk in, there's cheerleaders, there's a band going on. You know, you got a great game. You got you get to meet the players. Great halftime. The cheerleaders were amazing. They did a great job. They did a great job. Yeah. And I know that um, Jillian wanted me to mention that they're having a camp coming up. Yeah, the cheer camp. Yeah, the cheer camp. Yes. So let me see here. So it's going to be for all children, three years and up. Now I'm someone's child, so I can I can be RC out there. will be there. I'll be there. Okay. Um, when it's going to be twelve to three I on July I just confirmed that. July sixteenth. Right. Earlier in the day before the games. So. Yeah. So it's going to be there at the at the Freeman Coliseum. So become a six shooter, um, junior cheerleader, and perform at a San Antonio Gunslinger game. Children will spend the day learning routines from the squad, then come back in the evening to perform at the halftime show. And so, that's uh, our last home game. Well, assuming we don't have, get a playoff home game, I don't know if that's going to happen. Chances of us getting a playoff game, a playoff home game is going to be tough. I, I mean, I think that making the playoffs is absolutely a reasonable goal right now. Being mm-hmm. one or two in the league is going to be really tough um, yeah. to make that happen and, and end up drawing. Now, if you can get into that third slot and you happen to win and number four happens to win, then maybe you host the championship game. But that's that's Then we're planning a tough. party. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be tough. So – I just want to add one more thing about the, the Keep chair. Going, please. Sorry Keep about that. About. So it costs sixty dollars. It includes two tickets, lunch, and a six shooter shirt. And so the podcast is going to sponsor one child who may not have the sixty dollars. So let us know. You can contact us um, through Instagram or here on the podcast, and we will sponsor one child um, to attend that camp. Awesome. That sounds great. Um, sounds like a cool time. Uh, get your kids signed up for that. Obviously, reach out to us. Um, reach out to RC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we'll take care of that uh, for one child. Um, I have been uh, distracted the whole time you were talking about that. Great information. Um, I'm not going to cheerleader camp. You're not? However, um, I do see something popping up on our comments from okay. Todd Mintz from mm-hmm. Inside the Arena. Yeah. Um, breaking some news yeah. here. And then news. I went to another message board and i believe i have confirmed what he just said here's what he told us he told us that the rumor is that rakeem Cato, the starting quarterback for the orlando predators all season long has left the team <gasps> what rakeem Cato is no longer with the orlando predators according to todd Mintz inside the arena and then um i flipped over to another uh conversation i have going on Zach Heilman from Inside the Walls says that Cato himself posted on the NAL Facebook page that he is no longer with the team. Wow. Uh, that is big. Why is that big? 
because two teams are not going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. If Orlando, who is right now in the sixth spot, just lost their starting quarterback that got them into the sixth spot, there's a good chance that they're going to solidify that sixth spot. Um, if that was the best guy they had at quarterback and he has left the team. And he was. And he was. Uh, and he yeah. has left the team. That means uh, that uh, that sixth spot, that you can't ever count any team out. Maybe no. they get a quarterback and they catch fire. Who Maybe knows? Those lucky. things happen. But um, still, that's, that's, that's a, big. That's it's a huge. big obstacle for that team to My, overcome. Yeah. Michael Wayne Davis says, I bet he shows up in Carolina. I would be shocked. Oh, I yeah. would be oh, That's an interesting there's, angle. There's got to be some kind of NAL, NAL rule. There would be. There would like have that. to be a yeah. trade that would happen there. NAL or rules something. on that. It's too much. There. I can't imagine. Well, I thought you said that he said he left the NAL. Uh, he said he's left the team. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, if that is true, and and that's where we're getting that from, we're not reporting that ourselves because I can't confirm it. Um, but that's two guys that know a lot around the sport. Uh, Todd Mintz and Zach Kyleman both. Um, uh, both reporting the same story there that Rakeem Kato has left the Orlando Predators. That's big. That's big. That's big, yeah. Uh, we don't have another game against them? No, we no, played them three times. So no, we don't have another the, game against the them. Only, the only thing the Gunslingers would ever have to be concerned about that now is is just, uh, you know, the playoff seating and, and, right. and the standings. Mm -hmm. But knowing what I know about coach Fred Shaw and knowing what I know about these guys, they're not worried about any of that no, stuff. None of they're that not worried about them. what's out of their control. They're worried about what they can control and that's their execution on the field. And this sure. week being one to know. Now, if something happens in the NAL and this is all spitballing at this point, if there was some sort of trade that got worked out and Rakeem Cato, uh, leaked that information because if they've decided hey we're in the basement we're not going to do any better let's get something for our future or let's get a player or some considerations or whatever and carolina came calling and said hey we want to we want to see if we can get kato away from you i would beg the nal um to rethink allowing a trade like that to go through yeah that, that would be that's uncool that's kind of i mean i realize bane is down but you know what? He, he's, I mean, and that's probably why Michael Wayne Davis came out with that. And everybody, all of us are going, ooh, because he'd be a good fit in that offense with that team. I mean. I mean, if Bain is down for a week or two. Yeah. Right. I wasn't in the building. Jordan, you were. You were over there near uh, where they were. And you said you wouldn't be surprised if he was out for a couple of weeks. Now, you're no medical professional. No, I'm not. And I don't want to make any calls for right. Or something right. like right. that. He was in good spirits and he was a great sport and he was a really nice guy um but i, I know it was hurt you could see it well and ankle like, injuries yeah. are, are weird like they don't you've got to give them time if you take them too quickly you can re-injure them very easily right. like there's a lot going on with an ankle right. yep it takes time and he's not going to want to put his career in jeopardy yeah you know what i mean right no yeah um, so it'll be interesting to watch and see what happens in Orlando and maybe what happens in Carolina. I, that's, um, that's interesting that that's the first place a lot of minds go is I wonder if there's some sort of back deal on that. Uh, Todd Mintz saying that never matters. Siegfried, which is the commissioner, allowed Joe Hill to come to the Sharks with one game left. They don't watch that stuff. So um there's a possibility todd Mintz saying hey that could be possible um, wow. that that's that wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibilities in the nal 
Okay. Wow. Interesting. Very uh, interesting. It is interesting. Um, now, I'll be real honest with you. Does Carolina scare me with Rakeem Cato? I don't know that I'm scared of Cato. He's good. He's a good player. Would I want him on my team? Sure. Not with Robert Kent. Like, I'd much rather have Robert Kent. Um, well, we just beat Carolina with Bain. Yeah. Right. But I'm just thinking, does 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 Cato put them in the same atmosphere that they were in with, with a healthy Jonathan Bain? And I don't feel like they do. I like, don't think so because it's, it's hard probably to, better it's hard than anything gel. else they have. Well, they didn't have Jonathan Bain. Yeah. Right. And right. If, if they don't have anything else, like I, I but, maybe that's what they need. But I, that doesn't. I, I, I see what you're saying, and I don't disagree, but don't sell the the wide receiver core of the Cobra short. I oh, mean, no, the, they're Those good. are some weapons. No, they're they're good. So you put Cato uh, under center there, it, you know, as a, as a replacement, uh, he's going to do some things and probably look better than he has uh, so far down with the Predators with those weapons. So Definitely something to keep an eye on. Definitely something to watch. Not anything that affects us either way. We Not don't play right either of those teams again, right? No, we don't play either Carolina or Orlando. We're done with both of those teams for the yeah. season. What we've got to worry about is Albany. Albany, uh, Albany is coming in after um, the Empire having a get-right game. Like they, mm -hmm. they were, they had lost two straight. Mm -hmm. They were beginning to fall apart a little bit. Um, Jim Renee from Inside the Wall said, if they lose to Columbus, this was right after the San Antonio game on Saturday night. He said, if they lose to Columbus and have to walk into San Antonio 0 and 3, I see a possibility they could get knocked out of the playoff picture altogether um, within the next two weeks. They didn't do that. They went, no. uh, they, they brought Columbus in. They won that game, won it decisively. They didn't, they, uh, didn't, yeah, they, they didn't eke out a win. They beat Columbus all over the field. Um, and now they're going to come in here. Um, and I don't think they know what they're coming to. Like, they don't. I, I don't think they have any idea how different this atmosphere is going mm -hmm. to be um, from what they played in just two weeks ago. Big yeah, difference. it's crazy how it's a, a difference, what a difference two weeks makes. But everyone sure. who was there knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, we know. No doubt. And, yeah, Albany's not going to be expecting that. Um, they're going to be expecting – the way they got beat last time. Yeah, right. the old gunslingers. They're about to get beat in a whole new way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're just every week making making strides and improvements. Just like, you know, the the uh, the overall presentation, the, the experience, mm -hmm. the fan experience has been improving every week. The noise the, level. Yeah, the noise yes. level. The team itself has kind of fed off of that. I mean, the whole organization, everything is just, you know, taking steps forward. Every single week, and like I, I, I say it on uh, for the last three or four weeks, I say it every show. This is a different team, and it is. every single week you could say that this is a different team. And the team, you know, on top of that, it's the lighting, the sounds. Mm -hmm. When we score a touchdown, when yes. all the the lights drop, and we got right. you know, yeah. all of those little things. We've slowly been making all those things right, and this last game, it was good. Yes, we yeah. had it you know, dialed in more than we ever have. And we're going to continue to improve. But this last game, it was awesome. You know what I saw on the, again, I had to watch it from a distance. I had to watch the live stream. You know what I saw a ton of that I want to talk to you about for a second, Jordan, mm -hmm. is the new fan jerseys. Yeah, they were everywhere. They were yeah. everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys yeah. have been asking. 
You have a blue one uh, with the ninth man on it. I love that. Uh, you have the white one, same thing. Ninth, ninth man, man on that one. Uh, and then you have the red and blue. No, it's red, mainly red with uh, blue shoulders. Okay. It's got the Gunslinger logo. Right. And it says 22 on the back and guns up. And right. We're also getting a um, black jersey. Ooh, okay. Talk about That's that. That's just like that with the Gunslinger's logo on the front and 22 and guns up on the back as well. Nice. On top of our... Are those going to be ready for this week? Those those are, those are got here today. So those will be ready at the next game. Gotcha. And just so you know, Jordan also works a full-time job. So last week he put in, <laughs> well, what, Well, I think right hours. now the Gunslinger's are well, his full-time it's got, job. Well, it's full-time and his regular job, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's working 24-7. So I appreciate it. Kudos to you. I'm going to shake my pom-pom for you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Let me say, I'm just one of many. Yes, yes. And there's a whole team of people that have been working so hard to make all this happen, including the players and the coaching staff and and the medical and everybody. But everybody has had a dream here. Mm -hmm. And we've put our, you know, our hearts and souls into it. And and it, it's it's a it's a it's a family team effort. It really is. So come be part of the team on this Saturday at the game because you'll feel the love. No, you will yeah, definitely feel the love. I, I I've not been to an away game, but I can't imagine that it feels like it feels at ours. Right. Because o- over the last few games, you know, it's just kind of come together so perfectly, mm-hmm. and everything has been the fans. The team at John Wayne and the, the Gunslinger team and the and the players and everything is kind of just it's come together Meshed so together great. really well. And, it's like a and, family. It really and is. it reflects into this three game win streak. Yes, for sure. You know what I mean? That's it's made a it's made a huge difference. Yep. I totally agree. So uh, this Saturday, Freeman Coliseum, uh, doors open at five thirty. You don't have anything better to do. I, I promise. Whatever you think there is. If you think it's better, it's not. It's, it's not. not. Yeah. No. It's not. You need Fourth to be July there. Fourth of July weekend, you need to be there. There is no reason we can't pack that place out. It, it, RC, you said double? Yes, I said double. So you're talking 4,000 people. I'm talking 4,000 people. Uh, Let's do it. I think it's reasonable. 4,000 for the 4th? Oh, the I love it. Let's go. That's great. Uh, you know what we should do? Is, is like right the after the game, we should have you? live fireworks. Wait, that probably won't work. That's probably a bad idea inside the, the arena. You know, it sounds awesome to me. <laughs> <laughs> I could bring a sparkler. Uh, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few ideas, but I'm well, not going to talk no about it. No Let's make devices. it work. We could do it. <laughs> no yellow Roman candles instead of yellow flags. Well, oh. What, what else do we have? <laughs> what else do we have? What? I'm making sure we covered everything. I think we I got covered the earrings. You did? Talked, right. Talked about the cheerleading camp. You did? Um, talked about my experience in the truck. Yep. You didn't talk about the guy throwing the beer, but uh, oh, maybe can, the- I can kind of like quickly say that. So I'm not going to really focus on the negative part, but there was a kid. Um, I, I'm going to say a kid, maybe an old. Well, he was at least 21 during, I think it was a touchdown. He got super excited and he threw a beer up in the air and all of us got wet. I didn't get wet cause I was a little bit further back. Um, and then before you know it, and a little bit to backtrack, um, Khalid Rashad's family sits right in front of us and he has a son 
and he's like about maybe two, I'm not sure. He goes to the practice when we were out in the field back there and he would run all over. So every parent, cause I, I know he's got some aunts in there, the dad, I mean, um, the grandpa. So he goes from one person to the next person, right? And I never understood like, why don't they just put him down? Anyway, I found out. So anyway, so <laughs> this guy threw the beer up in the air, right? Everybody got wet. Someone reported it to the police. So all of a sudden these three cops are coming into our area, right? <laughs> so of course we're panicking and so we're like moving out of the way. Well, someone, I don't know who it was, I'm not gonna blame, put his son on the ground. The next thing out of the corner of my eye, I see a flash. I'm like, oh my God, runaway baby. So I'm like <laughs> running after him. I'm like, oh my God, this is such a son, you know? And he's running down the hallway. I'm trying to grab his arm. I grab his arm and he's still pulling me. Like he's still running. He's like two years old. He's just so, like dad. Like just father, like, yeah. like yeah. dad, yeah. And so then finally, I think another relative came and like both of us had to like grab him and pull him down and say, I was like, oh my God. And then my friend was with me. She goes, where did you go? I go, you didn't see the runaway baby? And she's like, no. I was like, it was a flash. Flash, that's why. So, Kali, I know now why everyone holds him throughout the whole game. And because <laughs> he, you put him on the ground, he's off. Well, that'll be his nickname when he becomes a football right? superstar. Oh, yeah. So I'm just calling him Flash. The Flash. So, mm. Kadir uh, Chisholm, he's yes. saying he's looking forward to meeting all the fans on Saturday, taking pictures with, with everyone. Brand new guns. Like we yeah. said, that's one of the coolest things about this experience. But having the military there, that's an idea. Imagine getting a, a like a team photo mm -hmm. with the gunslingers and a bunch of military Absolutely. guys like right there, center field. I think that would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, maybe get a bunch of the military guys to stand or, or be around the, the Albany Empire's uh, little sideline section to intimidate him a little bit we get some Whoa. big military guys there we got a guy at john wayne and let me tell you this guy's a heckler so his name's ray he was an air force drill sergeant uh oh and uh i'm hoping we can get him in there but okay. he's the nice. guy for the job nice he's gonna do a great job can't wait so i mean you can come watch san antonio gunslinger football I, that should be enough to get you to the Freeman Coliseum. Oh, yeah. Come on. Let's... But if for whatever reason it's not, you can also be one of the first 500 and get a free camo jersey. Nice. For sure. You can bring your active duty military friends for free. For sure. You can, uh, be, you can donate uh, some money to a worthy cause mm -hmm. and wind up with a cowbell. Right. Yep. Uh, San Antonio Gunslinger cowbell. You can come here E7, um, play before and after the game, probably at halftime too. Also known as East 7. East 7? Them too. I missed that. I was I was. It's E7. both. They go both. Oh, okay. Um, you want to talk about a, we, uh, a, a night that is just chocked full of value for you. Um, if you needed other reasons, they're here too. But we need to pack the Coliseum. We need to get as many people as we can in there. And we need to make this just, is it Saturday yet? No, Carrie, it's not, but <laughs> it's coming. There. It's coming. We're one day closer. And whatever you're doing, it's not as important. Whatever excuse you have is not worth worth it. Uh, my plan, regret it. My no, plan is to drive all. three hours for this game. Me one way. or my wow. children. Wow. No one will forget last Saturday. I will remember yeah. that for the rest of my right. life. Oh, my kids so will sweet. remember that for the rest of my life. It was a beautiful memory and it was amazing it was a blast so come it, be a part of the next one it feels like the gunslingers like we said earlier have arrived dolores um, will remember it every time she every time she clips her nails every time she has a pedicure <laughs> she'll remember it i hope not um i hope that uh, that isn't the case well when it comes to football when it comes to football anywhere 
But when it comes to football in the arena, we have a message. We have a message for the Orlando Predators, no matter who their quarterback might be. Nope. Mm. We have a message for the Jacksonville Sharks. Don't think we've forgotten. They're out there. They're good. We like but sushi. we almost beat them. <laughs> almost as much the as last snake time. meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got a message for the Lions in Columbus. <laughs> the kitty cats. Kitty cats. Kitty cats. Kitty cats. Um, we've got a message for, and I think we delivered the message for the Cobras there mm-hmm. in Carolina. And we certainly have a message when it comes to the evil empire up in Albany. Come to Texas. Come down to Texas and you're going to find out when it comes to football in the arena. The 210, we've got something to say. Bang, bang.